everybody. This is So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Garrett. Shortest introduction ever. Hey, it's a two-man showdown today. Exactly, which means you get a special episode today. Since it's just the two of us, we are going to um, give you a little extra to make up for the lack of uh, David and Andrew. We're going to give you a double feature episode today. We've, we've never done a double feature. What is a double feature? Well, a double feature is where we're going to review not one, but two movies today. Two, two. movies on the show. Two wow. brand new movies, I might add. That's we're going to talk about, uh, first we're going to talk about Free Guy, which has been a big surprise hit mm-hmm. um, at the box office. Uh, that's got Ryan Reynolds. We've been watching the trailer for like a year and a half. Finally mm-hmm. came out. And then after that, we're going to talk about the new scary movie we can only say it five times so i'm gonna say it once here so we need to keep track Candyman. okay we're gonna talk about that movie as well i'm gonna have to come up with some kind of i, I know we can we, just see him i know if we have, we have four more times or no we technically have three more times we can say it because if we hit that fifth time it's all over. that's true <laughs> We well, if we do it, then people are going to have a very interesting, oh, this episode will never see the light of day. Perhaps not. Perhaps unless, not. Unless David finds it. Yeah. David, if you find it, upload it. Yeah. Tell, tell the world our story. Yeah. Um, you said we're starting with Free Guy, though, right? I lost my menu there. Yeah, yeah. I figured we'll start with the, uh, with the more upbeat, fun movie, which Free Guy definitely counts as. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie was one of the many that was delayed in the pandemic, um, is directed by Sean Levy, who did the, uh, Night at the Museum movies, um, as well as the, uh, sci-fi movie Arrival with, mm. um, oh, Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner. It was a good movie. Yeah, that Got was an Oscar nominee, yeah, right? Yeah, Best Picture nominee. Yeah. Um, so th- this movie, though, has got Ryan Reynolds, Jodie Comer, Lil, Lil Rel Howery, uh, Taika Waititi, Joe Keery. Got a fun cast. It's got a fun concept. Um, there will be spoilers for, for both of these movies, so I'll tell you now. There will be spoilers. Ryan Reynolds is a character in a video game. He's an NPC for the gamers out there, a non-playable character, which basically means he's artificial intelligence. And the, the movie is about him kind of uh, assisting a real-life player with saving the game. That's, I feel like, as simple as I can put it. So uh, I guess let's talk about uh, what we thought about Free Guy. I think both of us had been looking forward to it. A little more progressively, though, over time. Because I know for me, when I first saw the trailer, I was like, nah, that seems dumb. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, I agree. The first trailer, if I remember right, made it seem like it was going to be a very just kind of dopey Ryan Reynolds comedy, um, yeah. which can be good. Yeah. It just this one, the way that it was initially tailored, it didn't attract me. And then I remember seeing a second trailer and being absolutely stunned because it looked like a completely different movie that they were trying to set up. Yeah. Um, instead of it being silly, it, it gave me. Um, I compared it to downsizing, not in a sense of like being a movie that's good, 
but in a sense of like the messaging and how it really looks like it's trying to tell you something in a very unique kind of a way. And that's what I got from downsizing. Downsizing just failed. Uh, but this one did a really good job. Um, you know, it's still very funny, but the messages, there's several that are very solid. Uh, uh, <clears throat> I've seen a lot of it compared to uh, Ready Player One and The Truman Show. And I also said that it gave me Truman Show vibes. There's a moment where everything's kind of, uh, Ryan Reynolds is hitting that realization point and he runs to the beach and he throws a rock out into the ocean and it just, this grid pops up. And that moment gave me very Truman-esque show vibes whenever he, whenever uh, Truman found out that things were wrong or fake and he ran into the, the fake beach and kind of a, that whole situation. So um, it was a really surprise, I think is the right word for it. Very funny, uh, very solid messaging back and forth. Even um, the real life stories were there uh, and very solid. Um, and Taika Waititi is amazing as always too. Yeah, he plays a wonderful villain um, in the real world. He's the uh, CEO of this big video game company. This game that that guy is in. Um, I was trying to remember what it was called. Free City. Free City. And it, it to me, it, you know, it looked kind of like a Fortnite kind of thing where people just run around and you're shooting things and it's mm -hmm. open world. And Grand Theft Auto kind of a situation. Exactly. And then Jodie Comer um, and Joe Keery, who I instantly recognize as Steve Harrington from Stranger Things. All the time. They are also real life people who Steve, or it's not Steve, Joe works for Taika Waititi. Jodie is just an outside uh, observer but they worked together to create the AI that's featured in the game. So that is kind of how they tie all in. And so, so Taika is the bad guy to not just um, Ryan Reynolds, but them, those two as well. And so that was a fun dynamic. I think yeah, the, yeah. the Ready Player One vibes came in where, you know, the, the, so much of the plot takes place in a video game, in a uh fictional environment the comparisons kind of stop there i think for me which is a good thing because you don't want it to be too similar you know one of the things about uh, ready player one is that their video game is like super built on nostalgia and so there's a lot of old ip and 80s and 90s and nostalgia stuff in there and this one doesn't have a lot of that um so it does separate itself that way yeah, everything that they do is very original for the most part, as far as like the characters that they have. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it might be very similar to something that you've seen uh, in some game in the past, but everything yeah. is pretty much original. Um, and yeah, the dynamics in, between the real life and the, uh, the world itself are really good because you learn the backstory of the two main living characters and yeah. how that ties into free city and ryan reynolds character in the long run too i mean there's so much connection between all three of those um that it carries over into real life and so the messaging that you get in the game expands into the real world and you get a lot of taking away of a certain situation so um you know again i i really like to compare it to the truman show because it really did have that feeling of somebody who 
just kind of lived their life the way they thought they were supposed to and they were happy and they re and this was everything that they ever wanted and and then something kind of a moment happened and they realized oh my goodness I haven't been doing it the way that I feel like I could there's so much more and they had that moment of realization and there's a really nice moment between Ryan Reynolds and Lil Rel Howry who have a really good chemistry um, which they're both so funny individually and we know that Ryan Reynolds can do a lot of serious stuff if he wants to. Um, haven't seen a ton of Laurel, and they do a nice blending of being comedic but being very serious uh, when it needs to be. And um, so the moment where Ryan is trying to get Laurel to put on those glasses and see this bigger world that he didn't know, and Laurel is just so basically afraid, essentially is what it boils down to, that he just cannot do it. And it's a really strong moment uh, performed by two very comedic actors that you may not expect that from. Yeah, there's a lot of real heartwarming moments in the movie, I think. Um, you know, another one is is the real uh, love connection that forms between, um, I want to start saying the characters' names, but I keep forgetting them. Millie, yeah. who is Jodie Comer, Millie and, and Ryan Reynolds' guy. Um, and then the overtime realization, not just for her, that he isn't real because so much in the movie, she spends time also believing he is a player. Uh, but then the realization for him that he is not real. And so that also is like a real, um, it's a real, those are some real moments in there where I, I was like, Oh, my heartstrings are, are tugging a little bit. Yeah. Very a little, much. A little, little tug there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, who, I liked it. Who knew an NPC could have such a uh, big life, you know, and I think that is a very fun take on this movie is you have a character in a video game who everybody, everybody that plays a video game NPC is just a thing that's there, but it's very interesting to be like, this is a human being type sense and see that life that they lead. Um, and then again, yeah, carrying over into the real world where Millie realizes all of the things that she saw in this computer are have been in front of her the whole time and that work relationship kind of was there and then there was the the drama when you know uh keys went to work with uh taika i don't remember his name in the movie taika. antoine 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 so he went and worked for antoine uh there was a kind of a rift between keys and millie at that point in time and they forgot that connection that they had and it took that remembering of yeah. the game and Ryan Reynolds in his like uh, representation of keys to do a really good message. Yeah, because there's that moment where where Millie finally realizes that the reason why she's so in love with Guy and why Guy loves her is because keys made him like that. He made him based on him and his love for her. And that it's like a light switch flipped in her head and you know, that's one of those moments that you're waiting the whole movie for. And yeah. I love it. I lo it was, it was I, it's very sneaky ro romantic comedy. Yeah, very much very so. You, yeah, it's a whole lot of fun and you're in, very much enjoying it. And then, yeah, bam, out of nowhere, there's so many moments that are just heart stringy. Um, a couple of the moments stand out as super funny. Uh, Mr. Channing Tatum and his breaking dancing in his, uh, yes. you know, hideout is absolutely hilarious. And, and what's really funny, and, and this moment is, is brilliant at it, is you, you forget sometimes that you're in a game 
And so you see Channing Tatum and he's being all silly and Channing Tatum being confident and swaggery. And then it cuts back into real life and you see who's playing that character. Yep. And it is very different than what you would expect. And so that dynamic is also there creating another element of humor. And it's just, it's really well done. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Those, those were surprising moments because a lot of times the characters are playing just versions of themselves. Like they don't look different in the real world than they do in the video game world. But then there's a few like the Channing Tatums that do make it extra funny when the reveal is made. Yeah. And, you know, I said earlier, this does differ from Ready Player One because of the lack of other properties coming in. But I will say there are a few moments where there are some cameo appearances by things that people know very well that I don't even want to spoil those because they're such good payoffs. But keep your eye out for them, that the, yeah. especially the, the, the final battle between Guy and the, and the Big Bad. Yeah. is got some fun stuff in it <laughs> yeah you you will see some fun cameos of uh not just characters but weapons mm-hmm. weapons yeah yeah with that um i also very much like the uh basically the what i guess you know you have your two main stars and then she would be right here uh mariah carey <laughs> mariah carey does play a significant role in this movie Oops. And it is well done in a very humorous, again, way. Yeah, because if you've seen the trailers, you know that her song Fantasy is is heavily featured in the trailers. And a lot of times, you know, that doesn't really mean anything. It's just a trailer. But that song is also very important to the movie somehow. But they pull it off. And I, that is also very fun because that song, man, that song kills it. It's very It's good. a bop. Always and forever. You always feel good when you hear Fantasy. I like it. I like it. Yeah. So overall, very good movie. I was surprised by it. Um, I kind of, I think by the time it came out, I thought, you know, I think this will be good and I'll like it. And that's about as far as I'll go. But then I, I think I actually came out liking it even more than I expected. Yeah, I would say that is a fair assessment. I don't know if I liked it more than I expected, but I really walked away very much enjoying it. Um, and I will just say on their behalf, because they're not here, Andrew and David, love it too. That's great. <laughs> I don't know if that's even true. I don't even it is. Know. It's perfect. Five stars. <laughs> so um, I don't have all of the, you know, box office stats that, that David does. So sure. we won't go into the, the nitty gritty on it. But I will say it's a free guy. It has been, I think it's fair to say, a surprise hit of the summer. It uh, opened at number one. It continued at number one into week two. It held its audience really well. A lot of movies have suffered this summer from having big openings and then dropping off dramatically. Uh, Suicide Squad had that where Suicide Squad didn't even open very large. It was considered a disappointment. I don't necessarily agree with that, but it was considered a disappointment. And then it dropped like 70%. Um, This movie opened to pretty much the exact same number as Suicide Squad, (laughs) but was deemed a massive hit. Right, uh, But the difference being that it did not have a big drop-off in its second weekend or its third weekend. It has continued to stay uh, at the top up until this weekend, where it was finally knocked off the number one spot by our next uh, topic of discussion, um, uh, Sweets Boy. 
Before we get into that, I, I yes. have a, a theory that I want to talk about on the box office real quick. Yes. Do yes. you think that the reason Free Guy was able to sustain its audience is because it had positive word of mouth from the early adopters, essentially, and that there is no way to stream it? Um, whereas Suicide Squad could have positive word of mouth, but people are like, okay, cool, I'll just stream it. That's the thing that's hard to, to gauge right now because the the there's just not we just haven't seen enough yet to really find a a pattern, but all of that is yes, very possible. Um but on the other hand, there are movies that have had good word of mouth and still have fallen off considerably in, in following weekends. So that's where it gets hard to say. Now it isn't available to stream anywhere, and that is important to note you know black widow opened big had good word of mouth but dropped off but is available to rent on disney plus so that could play a part in there um it's super hard to say it's like every time a movie comes out that is streaming and it opens big oh see this is great we can do this we can we can stream and theater at the same time and then something like this happens and everyone's like see we shouldn't do streaming at the same time because look how good Free Guy did by itself. People are just grabbing onto anything to yeah. uh, justify their arguments. Um, also, we'll do one last thing before we move on to the next movie. Um, we'll at least, let's at least look into um, our favorite app letterbox. We won't play yeah. it because that's just not fun with two people. That's fair. Um, it's not, and it wouldn't be fair, you know. I haven't seen it. I can guess, but it won't. Oh, be if you want to guess, yeah, go ahead and guess, because uh, uh, three, three, two, three, two. Okay. Well, you were close, but but incorrect. Uh, it is a three point four. Mm. A little higher. A little higher. Um, do 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 do. Three point four two with uh, just over fifty thousand reviews. I'd say that's fair. I think that's. I I think for me. We'll go ahead and give our ratings, I guess, may as well while we're here. Yep. Um, three and a half, probably where I would would set this thing. I don't have my scale in front of me, but uh, you know, yep. I walked away really enjoying it. It was a very solid movie. I'd watch it again. Um, very funny, solid messaging. You know, it could be a four, but right now I'm I'm just kind of leaning towards three and a half. Perfect. Well, then uh, I will say that I, I I'm going to bump it just slightly higher to a to an even four um and, and also leave it at that i think it was a very enjoyable movie i would watch it again and i would recommend it to people especially if you're just looking to kind of you know escape from the world for a little bit it's just a fun movie where you don't have to think super hard and yeah. it's not going to make you sad in in bad ways you're just going to have a good time for a couple hours and that's what uh movies are for sometimes so absolutely great family great movie to watch with the family and the friends Good time. Yes, definitely check out Free Guy if you haven't done so yet and if we haven't ruined it for you. <laughs> um, with that, let's go ahead and transition right into our next movie that I will uh, now say for the second time, Candyman. We're going to talk about that movie. Um, this is, of course, a um, kind of a soft reboot and a sequel to the original 1992 film. Um, this one written part, written and produced partly by the new master of horror, Jordan Peele. And it was directed by uh, Nia DaCosta, who um, I think she's a fairly newcomer, honestly. I was trying to look her up real quick and see 
what else she's done. And I can tell you what she's got coming up, which yeah. is a big one. Um, yeah, we'll just say that. Yeah, I think. That, that, yeah, well, I was I was just looking real quick. She's only done three movies. Mm-hmm. One of them is still in the making. Uh, the first one I'm not familiar with, but her next movie after this is is The Marvels, which is the sequel to Captain Marvel. Oh, uh, so that's massive. Um, wow. She's going from this movie into into the Marvels. That's I mean, that's a big jump. Uh, Chloe Zhao, not Chloe Zhao. Um, what's her name? The director of Nomadland. Chloe Zhao. Chloe Zhao. I was close. Chloe Zhao is a local musician here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. <laughs> Shout out. Yeah, she went from Nomadland and is doing the Eternals. So, I mean, those are, that's a huge, uh, I mean, starting off again, well, I don't want to spoil what I saw earlier if we're going to talk about box office stuff, but uh, right. already making a name for herself out yes. the gate with this one. For um, sure. Yeah, you can get into the, the movie a little more if you want to give the plot. All right. For sure. Um, you know, if you're familiar with the original story, then this one doesn't stray from that legend too much. Um, this is a, a supernatural type horror movie about a uh, mythical spirit, I guess you'd call him, um, who haunts you through your mirror. And if you say his name five times, he will appear and kill you. Now, this movie goes a little deeper into um, racial justice and just more current topics than what I remember of the original movie, which kind of gives it this, this nice refresh um, and helps make it a little relatable to today's audiences. Um, but other than that, it, it, it's, uh, it, it's spooky. <laughs> it's spooky. For sure. So the first one um, is not my bag. It's not my bag. It's very slow. Um, It wasn't what I expected, but it has a huge cult following. And I've seen, you know, I I, I read a lot into the candy person. (laughs) Oh, the candy person, I think. Candy person. We, You know, Um, we're very superstitious at this show. I know. Yeah, it's silly, but, you know. You don't want to mess with it. No, don't want to take that chance. Um, so essentially, they do a great job of just expanding the lore of this movie. So the first one, or, or he is based on an urban legend. Every city, every town, every whatever has like this urban legend that usually is applied to their town in some way, shape, or form. And, and that was this person. And so this movie really just expands on that urban legend. Um, it really uses the original movie uh, as the lore to build on this. So there are like little shadow puppets that they do a really good job with of, of doing flashbacks and telling you essentially what happened in the original movie in a very creative way that makes it just feel like lore. It's not real. You don't see any actual flashback footage. There's no video things. It is just someone telling a story. Um, and it connects really well. And yeah, they do. The first one, I, I don't know about the, the racial issues that are there. I think they are there. But I, again, I did not care enough for the movie I to really look into like the depth of it. So it's just something that I've done a, a little like minimal research on at this point in time. I'm trying to do more because I'm very fascinated. But essentially, his lore is that he was a black painter 
who fell in love with a white woman in the 1800s. And that was bad. And then they basically covered him in honey. He got stung to death by bees. And ever since then has been haunting this area. And so in the first movie, she is now become legend as a murderer, essentially. And that has what has taken over. And then you learn about the deeper legend from that. So it's a really good building on just, you know, stories that uh, like big fish stories where it starts off as something small and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then uh, like the original kind of gets lost. And this is rediscovering that original story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, I, th I think where it differ or not where it, I don't want to say different where it, where it expands is, um, it takes some of that, um, the, that racial storyline where, you know, they, in the original one, they're, they're upset about him being a black man, um, being in love with a white woman. And this one, they expand that into more of what we see today with a specific um, focus on uh, police violence, particularly police violence against black men. That is the, the version of um, racial inequality that this version of the movie tackles. And they really, it really gives it a strong message, I think, and it makes it more, it makes it more real um, because it's not so much ghosts and demons as, as much as it is tying it to this idea that um, the candy dude is often innocent when he is killed and then becomes the candy dude. Exactly. And yeah, that is a very important part of the story. And they do a really good job also of talking about, uh, you know, how ghettos have been created and now gentrification going into those and, and the deeper look at all of that too. And so there's a, a really solid messaging um, as you would expect from a Jordan Peele horror movie. Um, the, yeah. the horror is, is both uh, theoretical and literal. And very real, yeah. And, 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 and how he presents it is so well done every single time. Um, but as a horror movie, this is unsettling, I think is, a, is the best word for it. It yep. is creepy. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's... it's it doesn't have the jump scares that you would, but it's also scary, but it really just kind of is uncomfortable across the board. Um, you know, he, 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 the main character is, is slowly deteriorating throughout it. Um, there's very invisible man-esque moments uh, based on how candy human works, candy demon works. Um, and, and you see some very unsettling kills there's there's it's bloody it's gory it's it's yeah. got every element that you want it's just not presented in a way that is comfortable yeah yeah what where there is not uh your classic jump scare there is a lot of slasher elements in the way that kills are done mm -hmm. and there is a lot of real weird supernatural type stuff a la invisible man like you said earlier because because candy dude is only seen in the mirror so if you don't see him in the mirror 
he he invisible. <laughs> so you will see bodies get flown thrown around and just blood spurt out of nowhere uh, because you can only see him through a reflection, and um, that makes it that that makes a different kind of scary. It, it's it's more of a in your head scare than a jump scare. And then yeah, the, a lot of the visuals are very unsettling, particularly what happens to our main character, Tony, as he evolves. Um, he's an artist who becomes obsessed with the Candy Dude story and just begins painting him and getting and learning more about him. And slowly over time, he he is, he, you know, I, we already dropped a spoiler warning at the beginning, but I, yeah. I, and, uh, he becomes him through this beasting that um, just overtakes his body and in very disgusting ways where it is not, it's not for the faint of heart if your eyeballs are sensitive to icky stuff. Yeah. Mine are sensitive. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it, set, it set with me. It's one of those where, especially again, the way that he works, Anytime you pass by a window that's got a little distortion in it, it's just like a oh, yes. I that. It just kind of yes. it's, it's an uncomfortable. Kind I, of I, I I I came home and I was still felt uneasy, and that isn't common. I I yeah. don't usually still feel gross after I come home from a movie, but I did with this one, and I think that is a compliment. <laughs> My compliment yeah. to the chef. Absolutely. Um, and I also think that, you know, I, I did a little research because I, I will say that uh, there's, a, there's one element of this movie that I still am not fully on board with. And that is kind of the presentation of the laundromat owner. Mm-hmm. I still am not fully sure I understand his purpose. I'm sure it's there and that it can be explained and that I just missed it. But I don't necessarily think he was needed because of some of the research that I did and how connected that they make everything, both to the original lore and the movie. Um, Again, spoilers. What I found very interesting is that the original legend of who Candy Human Demon is, uh, was a painter and a portrait painter. And so our main character, also an artist, who ends up painting a lot of portraits um, in this movie. So that's very connected. Um, you also have a connection to the original movie where I don't want to spoil that one, but there's a, if you don't know it, it eventually connects our main character to the original movie. Thus, all of those connections that they have, I don't think that you need the person that brought it all together at the end. I don't think you need him. I don't fully get his purpose and i think that the that it was an unnecessary thing in the movie that's my takeaway we will we will have to leave that up to the audience to decide whether you think uh or what you think about it um i i i don't have those same kind of questions but i i also want to read about it and and learn more about what maybe the filmmakers deemed his purpose to be sure overall though Really good, really good movie. Liked Without question. It, yeah. Liked it quite a bit. Might consider watching it again. I don't think it grossed me out so much. I wouldn't, but um, 
it's uh it's, it's spooky it's spooky if anything it's made me want to re-watch the first one only out of curiosity um yeah. and may and to see if i missed it but boy that first watching of that original one was not a great time and um this is a big improvement in my eyes again i know that it had the original has a lot of fanfare and so maybe i just missed something that first time maybe maybe so uh well well there's not a lot of uh box office data for this movie because it did just come out as of our recording of this however we do know that it did debut at the number one spot i think i mentioned that earlier it it unseated free guy uh debuted with 22 million dollars yeah uh, which is which is solid because this movie has a budget of 25 million yeah it's so gonna it, make it, it back. will make its budget back uh, i think that's what they're I also, I'm trying to find it again. Um, I can't remember exactly where I found it, but I believe that this is the first time a movie directed by a black woman has been number one, has opened number one. If that ends up being the case, that would be uh, crazy. I can't uh, remember where I saw that and you know, double check me on that, don't quote me on that. Um, but I'm pretty sure that I saw, it was reported that this is the first time a movie has opened a number one that's been directed by a black woman which is upsetting, exciting, but upsetting. Yeah, it is both uh, exciting for her and upsetting for the world, if that, if that is uh, indeed true. Um, but regardless, it's, opened, it's opening is a success. It's uh, critical reviews are a success. So hopefully uh, audiences will continue to show up and, and give the candy dude a chance because it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's take a look at some letterboxed fun. Uh, do you want to throw out your guess for this score? I, I have seen this one. It's what, you, hovering at three and a half. Is that right? Still? It is at 3.5. I think that's fine. I think that I, again, hover right in between a three and a half and a four. I think that the messaging and the delivery and the overall improvement are definitely four stars. Um, but I think that my uncomfortableness just and and this is a compliment to it just kind of made me take it down to that three and a half where it was just so uncomfortable that i don't want to give it a four and a half or four but it's definitely a four star movie but i'm gonna go with three and a half i think i will second the three and a half i think it was very strong and um i think letterbox has it right at the three and a half I will, I, will, I will read my, my favorite letterbox review of this, uh, which is a three, and it's also a three and a half star review that says, don't watch this if you have uh, trypophobia, which if you're not familiar with that term, that is for people like me who have uh, an intense uh, fear or, and or disgust of clusters of holes. Uh, so... A disorganized honeycombs, um, some flowers, and this movie has um, a pretty, in my opinion, grotesque example of uh, something that will definitely trigger your trypophobia if you have that. I've heard of this. I did not have that experience, uh, but I can see how it would be triggering to some people with that. So. Definitely take that under consideration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I will even tell you it's at the end. (laughs) 
And if you're like me, it will pop up and your hands will instantly go to your face and you'll watch your fingers for the rest of the movie. I did that too, but for a different reason. Well, you know, it's equal opportunity scare. True. Uh, Okay. I think that uh, wraps us up. I don't think we have anything else to cover. No. We, we, We successfully pulled off our first double feature episode. Free Guy and Candy Dude. And that is what David and Andrew get for not making it to this episode. I know those slackers, I'll tell you what. Is their loss. They'll have to watch it uh, or listen in their favorite podcast app, just like everyone else. Where could that be? Well, you can find a collection of all our links at so many sequels.com. Wow. There's How convenient that access, is. Easy access to our YouTube channel, our Apple podcast page, our Spotify page, as well as our anchor page, where you can then find even more if, if those apps are too mainstream for you. Wow. There's an all app. that. In one convenient location, huh? Yep, so many sequels.com. So find us there. You'll also find all our social media links there. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd. Follow us on all those. Keep up with what we're doing. And we will see you all next time. Hopefully, uh, there's at least two of us still next time. We'll see. (laughs) We've been dwindling over time. Yeah, I know. Well, the candy man is going to come get us. I think that leaves us with one more safe. Once, and I don't want to say it, so no. We'll end it here. Adios.